The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Today's episode is sponsored by Bright Peak Financial, a non-for-profit membership organization providing Christians with the right products, tools, and resources to gain financial strength. Go to brightpeakfinancial.com to create your financial success story. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone, all of you intentional spirits out there. And just first and foremost, want to thank you so much for your participation, your dedicated listening, uh, the downloads that you share with your family and friends all over the world. Because of you, we are in 137 countries and we are just so blessed by your believing in Unity Online Radio. So yippee thanks to you. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I love from time to time how we how we discover or a publicist discovers someone that's really living their true call, calling their their life path that kind of shapes and develops them to find really what they are and the difference they can make in the world. None other today than Pauline Middleton. She's been a modern love coach since 2010. She goes to depths of places that many people are unwilling to go. And she's here to change all that. I will share with you something she may not share about herself. Is It's on her website. She's 53 years old, and she looks 33. So I'm just saying, I think it's very important that we listen to her guidance today and her discoveries. Pauline, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, thank you very much, Temple. I'm happy to be here. And and that you're you're coming to us today. Um by way of Denmark and and thank you you know for your for your willingness to work with the time on that and and to make this happen how did you find yourself being intentional about modern love and 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 often it it so goes without saying that some people don't say it enough and don't make it matter enough do you agree with that yeah, yeah, and and maybe don't uh, communicate quite clearly about it. Uh, because, you know, I was at least finding that I had been married, and then, unfortunately, we had divorced. We were very different kinds of people with different value systems. We had a daughter together, and then um, I met this other guy, and then I found out that he had been cheating on me. So, you know, I was, like, looking at things and saying, okay, this is really not working out. What can I do to not run into similar situations? And that's when I, I also looked around and saw that a number of people around me were also struggling with love. And I was thinking, okay, well, you know, we need to maybe rethink some of the ways that we're living together because uh, people are struggling a lot with it. Um, and, uh, and then I was trying to identify, you know, for myself, well, what is important in a relationship? What do I like to give to a partner and what would I like to receive and so on? And I was trying to, to sort of make a list. And this list became very long. There were 26 areas and points and so on on this list. And then, you know, I know that when you want to go out and find a partner, you cannot go out with 26 points. <laughs> That's a little, you know, too much. I certainly wouldn't respond to a profile with 26 points. So, so I, <laughs> Right, we would like you to fill out this questionnaire. It's going to exactly. take you three and a half hours, and when you're finished, I, I may or may not be still sitting in the break room. <laughs> exactly. It really sounds like that, a huh? ministerial test, okay, that people yeah, actually think right. through taking this test, it's going to make you a good minister. You know, good luck yeah. with 
that, right? Get into yeah, your head. It doesn't work. So exactly. you can somewhat it doesn't work hopefully. like that. Exactly. It's a cosmic <laughs> yeah. joke. Well, so yeah. here you are and, but within yourself, you kind of set within yourself a, the guidelines or some ideas. Um, can you elaborate on the list a little bit? Because I know we're talking about a subject that not only are people kind of somewhat from time to time mismatched, okay, uh, thinking they're doing each other a favor by martyrdom yep. and staying together uh, rather yep. than setting people free to be with who they're supposed to really be with. But the other level of that is that we are here for compatibility. We are here for relationship, for sure. So um, do you feel yeah. like the, the list was the one of the main things that align you up with you? Well, actually, it was the next step that I took because the list contained a number of activities that I like to do, you know, going to the do-it-yourself hardware store and get back with the right stuff because he was there with me or to actually have a great evening together talking about politics and so on or having dinner together, cooking together. You know, there were many different things, both small and big. But then when I looked at it, the next step I did was that I forced myself to choose the three most important areas because I felt that uh, when I was going out there dating, I was like constantly going in this direction and then in that direction and, and kind of looking at this guy and saying, well, does he meet me? You know, can I meet him? Are we a good match? And there were too many parameters to actually make that uh, distinction. So I forced myself to choose the three most important areas. And and I've since used that in my love coaching is that I tell people, well, you know, find out what are actually the three most important areas for you in a relationship. And once you've found that out, uh, then define it concretely and uh, and ask your partner what he or she thinks about the first area. Because in that communication, you will learn a lot about each other. You know, my first area was that I really enjoyed talking with a man, talking about politics and love and values and whatever. And and then, you know, when I was dating, I was like, okay, what does he say about that? If he kind of makes a, a stupid joke about it or if he's respectful around it, well, if he's respectful, then there's basis for continuing our conversation. So the three areas are, are a very good sort of uh, introduction tool and it's also a very good grounding tool for yourself because you find out what is important for you. Wow. And so... So that's what I did. You know, I found out those three areas. And the first area was, like I just said, it was talking. And the second area was uh, a handyman because I was living in an old house. So I needed this guy that I was going to date to be uh, a handyman. I'm very good assistant, but I'm not very good at kind of finding out what to do and which tools to use and so on. Exactly. And then the last the last area was to have a, a fun and varied sex life. And I was like, ooh, well, you know, I, I, I thought that that was kind of everybody wanted that. But, but some people are not very interested in sex, or for some people it doesn't mean so much, whereas for other people it's the entire, uh, I mean, goal of their life. So so it was very much about, you know, trying to find out what is important for me and how does that actually um, translate into a concrete uh, description that I could upload to this website. And so in that in that space when you're coaching people, do you do you coach them to get in touch with the three main areas that they're looking for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ask them to, you know, sit back, close your eyes. Think about what kind of relationship would you really like to have. And that's whether they're single or in a relationship. Because you can be quite removed from the relationship you really want to have, even though you're in a relationship. So, you know, sit back, relax, and then think. And try to put as many words as you can on this, uh, what kind of relationship do you really want. Um, and, And sometimes people need to spend some days doing it. Uh, you know, because some of the things that come up may not be nice insights or it may not be very concrete insights or you're like saying, oh, I actually don't know how to respond to this. 
because nobody asked, and a lot of people have never been asked, what kind of relationship would you like? They're just like, we're supposed to be able to fall in love and to be able to master love and to be able to have a relationship just because we're people. And, and I think that's, uh, that's not the way it is. You know, people need some guidance in it. So, so that's what many, I help people do. Many people tend to attract or call in the kind of relationship they don't want. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they put so much effort, they affirm, you know, what they don't want yeah. so much that they don't understand the universe doesn't make that distinction between kidding and seriousness or intention or dread. And so it just permeates into the law. And they, I mean, I, I can speak about that very comfortably because I once was that person that attracted what I didn't want because that's what I focused on and that's what I drew in or um, the love of one's parents so much or not uh, that we find ourselves in relationships with similarities so we can learn to heal and outgrow that. There's so much of that, Mm -hmm. isn't there? People that are 50 and 60 years old and still live with their parents, not true parents, I mean... Parents by way of a partnership, you know. Yeah. Um, yes. Exactly. And and well, also, where did would they ever have received another guidance? I mean, we don't receive it at school. Uh, we may receive it from a parent or a, an uncle or something, but that's like sheer chance. You know, we're not trained in understanding emotions and finding out what's important for ourselves and so on. Uh, quite the opposite you know we're trained in uh, aligning and behaving and you know uh, not standing out like that and you know whatever so so i think it's really important to ask people what is important for you and and i find that it's many different areas you know somebody they for them it's really important to find somebody who's also into sports because that's what they are or somebody who likes to go hiking or somebody who likes to cook or somebody who shares a spiritual conviction. You know, it can be many different areas uh, that you identify as the three most important ones. The key is to limit yourself to three. Wow, that's really powerful. Uh, It also uh, kind of brings up for me, (laughs) having uh, been a spiritual leader for 25 years now, what I find that tickles me sometimes when I hear people talking is... um, there's a, a couple of things. One is is the person that says, you know, I really want a spiritual relationship and I want someone, you know, who's honest, authentic, and tells the truth. Um, I post to my information on the Internet, but I put that I'm 10 years younger than I really am. <laughs> that fascinates exactly. me, right? So so I, I think one of the points, I know, isn't that fascinating? I think that one of the points so you would probably typical. tell us, is the three areas we put on our list are important because in some level or not, uh, they are a reflection of who we are, <laughs> right? Yes, they need to, exactly. they kind of, you know, yeah. if we're looking for someone who tells the truth, um, that might be a nice quality that we have ourselves so we can even recognize it, you know, when we see it. That might, that might be good. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I also find that, you know, when you go on a date, you have this sort of uh, measuring or gauging mechanism inside of yourself. And, and this tool about identifying the three most important areas is making you conscious of what are you actually measuring these uh, people that you're dating with up against. And, and it's, it's much more clear when you know what you're looking for, because then you can sort of easily... Say, yeah, you know, we're not going to go on a second date or it was nice meeting you, but it's not a match or whatever. Whereas people who don't know what they're looking for, they will continue to go on the more one impossible date after another and feel really bad about afterwards. So, so it's, it's also very much about, you know, grounding yourself and being able to communicate it clearly. Give us um, an example or two of some of the stories. Um with people that you've worked with and some of the discoveries that they've made? 
Um, well, um, there was this woman who uh, was dating a guy, and they had been dating for six months, uh, and they were, you know, meeting a couple of times a week, and they were living apart, but, you know, they were having uh, a, a good developing relationship, she felt. And then she said to him, well, uh, I thought that maybe we should go on a, on a week's vacation to a sunny island. And, you know, he turned around and looked at her and said, what? But, but, I mean, we're not a couple. And she said, what? But I thought we were a couple. No, 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 we're just, uh, you know, sexual partners. And, mm. and for me, that's very much a lack of communication. It's like you think that something, uh, a relationship is in a special way because you feel like that. You feel that this is the way that things are, are going. So, so you presume that the other, part, the other person in the relationship feels the same way. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, today, maybe that was the case 50 years ago. We could kind of uh, be more sure of how other people interpreted whatever was going on. But, but still, you know, uh, men and women often function on different levels, and we can also function on different levels during our lifetime. So we need to be uh, clear in our communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it was really sad for her because, you know, she didn't have to take it so, so far because, before she found out what he was actually interpreting their relationship to be like. It is so fascinating at times when we all step back as in our maturity, right? And we, we see how, um, people settle for so less than what they deserve in relationship. All in the idea of someone likes me, someone loves me, isn't this special? Um, I'm yeah. always amazed by people that are in relationships and they've never really talked through who wants to have children or not. I mean, that just seems to be yeah. that. I mean, some people spend more time talking about if they ever want a dog or a cat than they do if they yeah. ever want kids, right? And they're in relationship yeah. all these years with somebody that has no intentions of ever wanting children. And they yeah. go through this huge, unnecessary whatever this is because nobody really talked about those important pieces. That's what I'm hearing you say so clearly is to put the big rocks in there first. You know, there's that that analogy of how someone took a bucket and said, you know, put all the rocks in, you can. And they, they put the big rocks in first and then the small ones and then the sand rather than putting all the little things in there and filling up the space. You know, yeah. we, we went on three dates. Oh, they must like me. Oh, we agreed on mm-hmm. the same movie. Putting the little things in there, which are important, but not near yeah. as important as the three big rocks uh, for the balance of, of life. Yeah, and, and I think one of the main reasons why we do that is that we're brought up with one romantic ideal about love. And that is that you meet your high school sweetheart, you, be, you find out that you're soulmate, you marry, you have children, you have a house, and then you are faithful and feel faithful to each other the rest of your lives because you're soulmates. And that's such a strong ideal. But when you look at that model, there is no room for change. But, but you know, when you're 18 and you start studying, well, you, you change. Then your partner gets a job. He or she changes. Then you get children. Major change uh, in a couple's life. Then you move. Then you set up house. Changes. Then you get a new job. Then you graduate. You know, there are so many changes in people's lives. But our ideal of love is not uh, geared towards change. And therefore, we're not forced to, right from the beginning, to actually talk about uh, some of the differences and, and some of our uh, priorities. So, so we just think that the other guy or the other girl is just uh, has the same priorities as we do, but they don't. Mm, absolutely. It's a pleasure to be speaking with Pauline Middleton today. She is the best-selling author of the book, One Woman, Three Men, a novel about modern love and sex. She's a world traveler. She's a frequent visitor to the United States. She's lived in Paris. She is definitely a person that with her inner being can share with us values about finding our our right mate 
and right connection. We'll be right back after this short break. I want to give all of you a special thanks for your ongoing contributions to Unity Online Radio, which, because of you, allow us to be a voice for the continued, absolutely awakening world. We'll be right back after this short break. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. What does simple living sound like to you? Is it a quiet moment on your front porch? A cold beverage after a long day? Or maybe spending quality time with your family? Whatever it is, simple living is a powerful act of joy, abundance, and refreshment. Want to simplify your life? Join the Simple Living Challenge by Bright Peak Financial. It's an inspiring and easy 14-day challenge to help you cut down on life's clutter to lead a simpler, more balanced life. Go to simplelivingchallenge.com to sign up. Someone once said there are two ways to get to the top of an oak tree. Climb the tree or plant an acorn and wait. If we expect changes to happen in our lives, we may want to consider climbing. Plus, changes needn't be monumental. Sometimes it's as easy as an attitude shift. Life is what we bring to it. Do you have a job that seems less than exciting? When you walk through the door, bring joy with you. Life looks better when viewed through a positive attitude. Are you facing a health challenge or surgery? Get rid of your fears by focusing instead on spirit working in and through you. When you remember that with God all things are possible, your outlook cannot help but change. Today, wherever you go, whatever you face, do so with joyous expectations. Release your inner splendor and allow the light and love of God to guide your way. This Mindful Moment is brought to you by Daily Word Magazine. Finding time for the positive reminders in Daily Word is easy with the digital edition, perfect for smartphones and readers on the go. Give it a test run with our 30-day free trial offer. Learn more at unityonlineradio.org slash dailyword. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, Words from Our Past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in. We're talking to Pauline Middleton. She is the best-selling author of One Woman, Three Men, a novel, and also personal novel about 
Modern Love and Sex. You know, we're just celebrating five years on this radio show and thank you so much for our success. And one of the things that I feel very passionate about, Pauline, is there's a statement that says when, when children are born and throughout the early stages of their life, they are one big question mark. They question everything. You know, why or why do we do that or why are we going there? Why does this happen? And they question, but by the time a child gets out of a, a dated educational system, they live, they go from a question mark to a period. Oh, I can't do that because of period. I can't do that because my teacher said that. And so people stop questioning. And what I love to feature and why I love to talk with people like you is because you've never lost that sitting in the question of living life in a question of who says that love has to be the way that people say, well, this is the only way that it can be. So thank you for your originality, for uh, being an independent thinker. <laughs> we celebrate oh. you today because that's part of the philosophy or, if you will, social theology of unity is that we we teach the world not what to think but to remind them how to think for themselves. So we salute you today for sure. You were talking earlier about you know, having 26 things on your list, whether it's a person that wants to travel all over the world with you or what you anticipate on a date night, someone that you're in love with or have a love for. You had that list of 26 and you wound up tuning into three important things. Uh, that's a jump. Okay. How did you get from 26 to 3, was there any process there or anything that occurred to you that made life more simple for you when it came to romantic love? Well, I allowed myself uh, for the process to take some time. You know, I didn't force myself to choose just the three first ones that came to mind. I was looking at the list and then I identified the five or six most important ones and then I let the list sit for a couple of days. Then I looked at it again. And then I was uh, contemplating and sensing and thinking back, okay, that relationship would have, was actually full of this and that, and I really enjoyed that, or, you know, whatever it was. I led myself actually to, allowed myself to be in a limbo for a while. And I found that that is a really strong development tool, that if you can allow yourself a, a limbo for a time, then you will also allow yourself to be able to listen to what surfaces. Whereas if you don't want the limbo and you try to kind of make noise so, you, so there's no limbo, then you cannot hear what's important. So, so allow the limbo and allow yourself for the process to take some time. Wow, you just made me, uh, thank you, you just gave me a great gift today because I realized that I was doing this with the list, but I was doing it somewhat unconsciously because <laughs> I had been at a phase where I was choosing good in my life. I mean, the two previous relationships I had were were really good. They were wonderful people, but it wasn't amazing. And so what I started with, I my three were... Um, were they spiritual? Were they independent? And if that, neither one of those were were making me think enough about making the right decision about my heart, I would say, are they Sharon Stone? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then it would be no. It's like okay, then I'll then I'll pass and I'll keep looking. So anyway, <laughs> you know, it's like what it really does work though. You know, it really yeah. does work to carry this kind of paradigm check uh, inside your heart just so that you stay on track with what's important or what's valuable to you. Well, your discovery then along the way, was it that your three things became three different people versus one person, yes? Yeah, because I was sitting there and trying to create this dating profile that was going to give me some good dates. And then I was thinking, oh, well, I want this guy, but hey, no, maybe I want three guys because I want a guy to talk to, I want a handyman, and I want a lover. If I separate it into three different areas, then I can identify where things go wrong, and I can also 
try to find out where I'm doing something that makes things go wrong. Because, I mean, both things happen. Um, and, and then I said to myself, okay, I'll, I'll look for three men for a while. I'll, I'll make this test. I'll make this social experiment, you know, where I try to date three men at the same time and then see what happens. And then I uploaded a, a profile to a dating site saying I'm looking for three men, a guy to talk to, a handyman, and a lover. And then the answer started pouring in. You know, a large number of men wrote, hey, woman, that's a fun idea, and you're very lucky because I'm a three-in-one. And then I said, nah, you know, that doesn't work because this is, I want to become wiser about love and me in love and you in love and so on. So you need to choose one of the three roles in order to go on a date with me. And then I thought, you know, I, I I figured, okay, 95% of the men are going to say, okay, then I'm all in for sex. But actually only 60%, around 60% said that. Uh, 30% said uh, I'm uh, more of a talker. And uh, 10% say I'm your handyman. But a number of guys also said, oh, I I need to think about this. Because if I can only choose one, I don't know which one is the most important for me. So, you know, I got some very good conversations with guys and and also some very good uh, reflections also from my own side like saying okay well how is this reaction that this guy has is that okay or is it actually not okay Uh, so it was also a very good tool for me uh, being present in the requirements that I had set up Um, so then I started dating Well, when when you started uh, dating uh, three different men, and you were a divorcee, and you had a a, a younger daughter, um, what did other people? Since we tend to be obsessed about what other people think of us, what what did people do? How did they respond? <laughs> well, the fun thing was that in the beginning, I didn't tell anybody about it because I was like, well, maybe this is completely crazy, or maybe this won't work. But then after a couple of weeks when I found that I had some great conversations and some fun dates and, and so a couple of guys that I kept say, seeing and so on, then I told uh, my two best friends about it. And uh, the first one, she said, oh, my, you need to stop that right away. It's going to ruin your reputation. And I said, come on, this is 2007 or eight or whenever it was. You know, this is like we're modern world. I don't do it's, it's okay. And she said, no, 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 I would never recommend anything like that. And then my other friend, she said, ah, this is such a fun idea. I love it. And, you know, if you have any extra men, just send them my way because I'm all in for some exploration on love on different terms. And you could say that the reactions kind of were in these two uh, different uh, areas of the uh, of sort of a, a line. And... Uh, but all of the people that I ever told about this model have been very curious. They've been like, oh, tell me more. Tell me more. Because people find that they really want love to succeed in their life, but there are so many challenges. Uh, so, so looking at uh, love in a different way and living it in a different way, uh, people want to share that. They, are, they, they want to know more. It is interesting, isn't it, as a, as a culture that, uh, so many people want different, but they're they're determined to keep doing it the same way and have it be different. Yes. <laughs> right? And I, I know the 12-step yeah. kind of says that a different way. You know, if I keep doing what I've always been doing, I'll keep getting what I've always got. But that yeah. that that is part of that of being half asleep insanity that we bring upon ourselves is we want to defend the way we're doing it actually almost, you know, fight for it where we're anticipating different results. And I've, it's yeah. great that you really did kind of stretch everybody around you to, to think at things from a different, a different perspective. What, what did you do about your daughter well, the, that with your, as a mom, um, and, and just, you know, from the research I've done and the people I've known in communities and as a life coach, I've, I've known, you know, it's the, it's the parent thing. It's not just a mom thing, but it's also a parent thing that there's this uh, being overly cautious or guarded, if you will, 
to make sure that relationships sit well with the children or that they be brought in at a certain time. Um, how did you, what did you do about uh, your relationship with your daughter and, and her understanding or not understanding what was going on? Well, you know, I, I was divorced, so every second week she was with her dad. And that was the time when I was dating these guys. So, I mean, she didn't meet them and she didn't hear about it. She was 11 at the time. But then, of course, uh, four years later, when the book came out, you know, she was 15, and I had to kind of tell her about the book. So I said, you know, I've written this book based on my experiences. It's a diary. And, um, you know, I don't want you to watch any of the interviews on TV or listen to the radios or read the newspapers, and I don't want you to read the book. This is a book about adult issues, so, uh, you know, you don't have to uh, involve yourself in this at all. And she was like, like saying, oh, okay. And I said, if anybody at school asks you about your mom's book, just say, ah, you know, my mom, she has so many crazy projects, and I guess this is just one of them. You know, I didn't want her to feel she had to get involved, and, and she never was. And then a couple of years later, her friends started wanting to talk to me about it because they had heard their parents talk about it or they had read about it themselves and so on. Uh, but, you know, she was never forced into it. Uh, and I think it's really important to distinguish between what are what are children issues and what are grown-up issues and, and then not to mix those up because uh, they can soon enough get to the grown-up issues and stay there the rest of their lives. Uh, did you ever um, set out on this new quest and new way of being and a way to structure your life? Um, and, and by that, I'm hesitant to say it that way because we're not talking just head. We're talking heart and and what makes one feel pure joy and those kind of things. But that being said, um, did you did you want to be coupled again, or were you very clear uh, from an overall perspective that you wanted to remain independent? Well, I was more. I was most of all wanting love. To to work, you know, to to feel good, to be to be a, a wonderful uh, re, uh, replenishing area for me in my life. I didn't want it to be so problematic and so full of conflicts and so full of this and that. You know, I, I wanted it to be. Uh, I longed for a deep emotional relationship, but I could also see that so far I did not have the tools in my in my bag. So I, I forced myself to. Uh, to try another way. Um, and and in a sense, uh, one of the things that I also experienced was that uh, because I was dating three guys, there was not a, nearly as much room as there used to be to construct romantic castles in my head. You know, I, I didn't have time to sit and think and wonder what he meant by that text message he sent or what. What does it mean that he didn't send a text message or, or you know, what does it mean that he didn't uh, seem very happy last time we met or, you know, interpreting all sorts of little signals. There simply was not time for that because there was constantly another guy, you know, waiting for me to have time to, to meet with him. And that was really, really good for me as a woman uh, because I had spent uh, quite a number of hours uh, thinking about his emotions and talking with my girlfriends about his emotions and so on. And do you think it is still somewhat challenging? And I, and I know that with all the points that we're kind of barely touching the surface on it, I just want to highlight that anyone can go to modernloveandsex.com. That's modernloveandsex.com. And you can purchase the book or you can go on Amazon and purchase the book, One Woman, Three Men, a novel about modern love and sex. So I just want to reiterate that, that we're just barely glossing over the canvas today, but there's a painting underneath waiting for all of you that are ready to stretch or look for something different or be open to just having a different point of view with less judgment or less self-righteousness. I know that there's something under that we're still breaking through a, a glass ceiling, if you will, of the independence of relationship. Of, you know, that of people, I mean, there are some people that overly react when they find out people that are married in at night sleep in two different beds. 
you know, where many years ago they just did that naturally. Do you know what I mean? Because of sleeping disorders or whatever, it's not because they're not romantic. And so it's very interesting, you know, these preconceived ideas and judgments and things like that. But do you think it's um, somewhat challenging um, for a relationship, a person to remain enmeshed and in love with while at the same time being independent? Uh, yes, definitely. I think it's uh, it's one of the major challenges today. And I think we tend to think about love or to feel love in too simplistic terms. We, we tend to think that love must cover all areas of our life and that our partner must fulfill all our needs. And I think once say people that again. Start... Say that again. I think that's important. Let's say yeah. that again because that's... Uh, <laughs> That is one of the biggest fallacies about love. So, please. Yes. yes. So, you know, if, if we want our, our partner to fulfill all our needs and we want love to be spread out and fill all of our entire life, I mean, then we will constantly be disappointed. And, and actually, it's not a very mature and interesting life uh, where your partner fulfills all your, all your needs. You know, allow yourself and your partner to go and have some of the needs fulfilled elsewhere. And the partner will return and say, hey, you know what? I experienced this or, or I saw that or, oh, really? Can I come next time? Sure you can or whatever. You know, it's, it's, uh, there is so much. We should allow ourselves to be more uh, open to defining a relationship in, in different manners that is appropriate uh, to the people in the relationship. In Instead of having, you know, this ideal that all relationships should be the same because all the people are not the same. And, you know, another uh, another point that I, I know you work with when it comes to your clients is that sometimes people are seeking someone to do something for themselves that they are absolutely unwilling to do. For themselves, right? (laughs) They want a magic, someone with a magical wand or, you know, that kind of thing. They want someone to do something that they're not even willing to take the time to do. And I always like to say, if you're not willing to do it for yourself or create it for yourself, even if somebody did come along and want to do it for you, you'd be so uncomfortable with that concept that it wouldn't happen, right? (laughs) Wouldn't Wouldn't allow it. Um, no. as you were, go- as you were going through this process with, you know, the, the three, the three guys, uh, did they know about each other? Yes, they did. They, they did. Yeah. And, and, so uh, how did they, did egos come into play? Did, uh, did anything come into play with that? How did they, how did they hold that lifestyle? Well, um, a number of the men were quite competitive. So they, w- they wanted to, you know, outcompete the other two guys. And they were, every now and then, a guy would ask, you know, how are the other two performing? Am I not better? Um, and, and that was, you know, quite fun to actually be part of that process. <laughs> um, there was also, you know, guys, they really uh, do their best when competition is waiting in the wings. So so, so at some uh, periods, I, I felt quite pampered, and and that was nice. <laughs> um, and there were also, you know, no matter actually what role the guys uh, chose, uh, they wanted it to lead to sex. So if if it was a handyman, you know, he wanted to show me how good he was, and I cooked him dinner and uh, beer and coffee and so on. And then, you know, after a couple of dates, he would say, "So, is this going to lead to more? Are we also going to?" you know, be intimate. And and then I would, I felt I was entitled to look at him and sense what do I feel like. And I know that that was because I'd set up the model as I had. You know, early on I would have felt that if somebody had put up my bookcases and trimmed the trees, I would almost have kind of felt obliged to maybe, you know, pay him or kind of uh, be there for him or live up to his expectations. Whereas now I could stay within myself and look at him and say, uh, nah, I don't think so. You know, I don't think we're a very good match. Or I could say, yeah, I would like to actually explore this further with you. And then we could uh, see, you know, if we actually wanted to end up having sex. But but I allowed myself to actually be much more 
direct about it, and that was a, a big relief. Along the way, as you were um, dating three different people that each reflected uh, the idea that was important to you, the talking and the handyman and the and the fun, uh, varied um, sex life, did you find it some of your old patterns wanted to show up and you were um, wanting to go, <laughs> you know, did you feel some insecurities came to, came to light because that was such a different way? As far as yes. what you had had before, definitely, I felt uh, insecurities already when I was defining the three roles because uh, defining that I wanted to have a, a fun and varied sex life. That's like okay, what does that actually mean? And then I said to myself, okay, I would like to have uh, good sex often. Well, what is good sex, and how often is often? So you know, I, I really forced myself to try to be as concrete as possible. Um, and and then uh, I was like thinking, okay, well, if I write, I want sex once a day. I immediately felt, no, 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 that's too much. You know, I don't want to have slot written in my forehead. And then, but if I said once a week, that was really not actually me. So I ended up writing three to four times a week or whatever we're up for. And you know, that showed me some of the my own kind of reservations and my own self image and, and that I was maybe not as independent in that area as I had thought I was. Uh, and I've I've talked with many women about that since and, and I feel quite a number of them recognize that uh, emotion. Uh, so that was definitely one area. And then this romantic castle building that I mentioned, that was not possible with three guys so that was great um, and also I, I felt uh, that maybe when I was dating one guy I was letting a lot of the decisions be up to him you know I was being very accommodating so whenever he was expressing what he wanted I was like oh sure yeah let's do that and I'm ready and I'm game and blah 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 whereas here I constantly had to ask myself what would I like what do I want to see happening uh, what am I up for and and that was really, really good training for me. Uh, and, and I realized that, you know, culture had not trained me as a woman uh, to hold on to what was important for me. It had more trained me to actually, you know, do what what made things work or what made a, a relationship function or a family function or, you know, social situation function. You know, contribute and be accommodating and, and uh, mingling and so on. Absolutely. It it goes back to that simplistic but profound idea of taking the time to create your own blueprint, doesn't it? Um yes, if you're gonna build a house of love, there there's the necessity of just taking the time so you're not just living an experiment all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and re- relocating with a few bags or putting up a pool or or having children for the inappropriate reasons um it's more about the blueprint of you know what what really matters and being able to communicate with that and and then the blueprint of having that even when you do decide to be a couple or you decide to be independent and date several people it's having that check-in point of of what's important what used to be important what you know needs to to change and i'm i'm always shocked that People don't take more time to align with that, you know, and to to put the energy that's necessary to to really believe that you can have it the way that in your consciousness you believe you can have it. And in your settling in, not, I didn't mean you settle, but I mean as you're settled in. So in other words, you're comfortable and you're relaxed and, and this is working and this model of being independent while seeing other people, um, and that can be true for, you know, a woman, but also for our, our beautiful men on the planet. You know, they could make those kind of decisions as well. But that being said, um, did you... Did you ever feel that underneath, first of all, one of them kept thinking, oh, we are going to get to a different level, you know, or because of you staying grounded and, you know what, I just like it the way it is. Was there jealousy that came into play at all? Um, Yes. 
there was. Um, you know, there was one guy that I was uh, emailing with uh, based on the dating profile, and he was he felt quite jealous about the whole model. He felt so jealous. I felt that I said, no, we're not going to date. And he said, yeah, 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 I want to date with you. I'm sure this is good. And I said, no, because you're already jealous. And, and you know, <laughs> so I, I just didn't want to do that. And then there were a couple of other guys that I was dating, and they had to kind of stop uh, because they said, you know, I constantly think about you and these other two guys, and I'm I'm thinking, what do you get from them and you're not getting from me? Or, you know, I'm, I'm like uh, measuring myself up again against them but I don't know them and you know it's too much so I need to I need to leave um and and uh, at one point I was also uh, a lover that I was seeing you know we hadn't promised each other exclusivity and then I would find that okay well when he left me he went out and uh, was with other women and and I really didn't like that but then I said to myself well you know I have this model and I proposed that we find out more about ourselves and love and expectations and so on by having more than one partner. I need to accept this as well. And then I, I tried to let go of all my speculations and be in the moment with him whenever we were together. And that was really a, a, um, a, an empowering tool, you know, focus on the moment and, and, and stop yourself if you start Go ramping into, you know, oh, what is he doing now when he's not here? Well, he may be having a boring meeting in a bank. He may not be together with anybody interesting or more interesting than you. You know, just let go. Let go of those thoughts and stay in the moment. Yeah, that that's a very, work, work that's, for me. that's a very powerful, authentic answer. Um, and that's one thing I admire about your work is you're just so raw and real. Um, thank you for that because of course it would come up because you're creating a whole different window of the way that people quote unquote normally do it as Jerry Seinfeld would say, normal is the selection on a washing machine, right? Um, that's about yes, that all that uh, needs to be normal as we really discover who, who we are. It's been a great yeah. pleasure to be with you. And indeed, I will say you are by far an intentional spirit. And, and thank you for your willingness to be different and show people that there can be a different way. As we're closing out, everyone, I would strongly advise you to visit Pauline Middleton, very intriguing, uh, educational, informative coach. Uh, she has so a lot of materials on her website, modernloveandsex.com, with the best-selling book, One Woman, Three Men, a novel about modern love and sex. As we continue on this journey of being intentional, there are many conversations that are offered on templehays.com and First Unity. Please visit us anytime. We'd love you to be part of our expanded community. And more importantly, God bless you on this amazing journey that we call life. If you haven't tapped into amazing, it may be time to ask yourself some questions to be in alignment with who you are. Thank you, Pauline, so much for being with us. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show today. Well, thank you very much for having me, Temple. Bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning into The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? 
Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. before in the history of humankind has change been so rapid. Jobs of yesterday are disappearing, and new careers are being discovered. Where competition once prevailed, there is now a pioneering spirit of cooperation and creativity. It has been said, real learning comes about when competition has ceased. When we release limiting ideas and fears, we are then free from a competitive living and the way is open for cooperation and harmonious living. By relaxing, letting go, and renewing your faith in positive and good outcomes in all affairs, you can make a harmonious difference in your ever-changing world. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Reverend Heidi Allfree is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. 
Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.